Always a bridesmaid, never a bride is the theme this week here on Kicking Out of Two. I am your host, Dave Rosenbluth, and joining me as we're going to discuss some of the greatest wrestlers in pro wrestling history to never become the world heavyweight champion for whatever reason, whether it's in front of the camera, behind the scenes, politics, fan reaction, or lack thereof. We're going to cover some of the biggest and best names in the history of the business that have never worn the world heavyweight championship, never had an opportunity to be the top dog in that particular promotion and joining me this week is a is a really good buddy of mine we go back about 17 18 years uh we 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 started our friendship uh in a little uh, backyard wrestling federation called the jwa the junior wrestling alliance and we're not going to go too much into that because we're definitely going to save that for another show we're going to get the rest of the band back together but the uh the, the the top guy that wore the world heavyweight title in that backyard promotion, my good buddy uh, Jamie Garabedian, or the backyard was, icon G Money. G Money, that's right. What's up, man? What's going on, dude? This is this has been a long time coming. I've been bugging you to get on this show, and yeah, uh, you have. You know, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I, I'm 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 very happy you're here. I mean, you know, when when you kind of uh, you know sparked that debate on our uh, Facebook page, which by the way, you can uh, hit the like button right now. Facebook.com forward slash kicking out at two. There you go. I posted a picture of Arn Anderson uh, recently. Uh, it was his birthday uh, a few months back, and uh, you know. Now, I mentioned that Arn Anderson, in my opinion, was the greatest world or greatest wrestler to never become the world heavyweight champion. And Jamie rebutted here with uh, with with a few different names. Some of these guys are on our list. Uh, before we get into the actual list in and of itself of the guys that we've that we've compiled, uh, why do you think these certain individuals, overall in general, didn't get the opportunity to be the world champion? Either the just biggest thing is they weren't big enough. A lot of these guys were the smaller guys. Uh-huh. They were better guys. You know, they were the better at the technical wrestling. Yep. You guys got, you know, pretty much is when you when you sparked that uh, conversation and you said Arn, which I do agree with, um, you know, I said Owen. Now, yes. a big thing, you know, we might have saw Owen have that title if, you know, what happened never happened. Yep. But there's guys like Bulldog, you know, we talked about Rick Rude, um, tons of other people that we'll get into in this uh, conversation, but they weren't ideally Vince's guys. Or even, you know, a lot of these people, they weren't maybe in WCW where they would have had a better chance. Uh-huh. Or if they were, you know, that's by the time Hogan might have got there or, you know, it just wasn't their time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the the, the size... The the size comment you made there definitely uh, definitely rings true for a number of these names. Um, why don't we get let, let's get into it? Let's mm-hmm. let, let's start with the birthday boy. Let's start with Arn Anderson, um, a guy who played second fiddle to Ric Flair in the Four Horsemen, the Enforcer, uh, an individual who was regarded for being one of the best uh, technical wrestlers, one of the greatest storytellers. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely a guy on the microphone that. Uh, could draw you into the seats but 
for whatever reason, a lot of people feel like he was missing something. Um, being, like I said, Ric Flair's second fiddle, the enforcer in the Four Horsemen, um, his role was the enforcer. Anderson wasn't too flashy. Do you? What's your take as to why Arn Anderson didn't become world champion? And do you think he? Do you think he was capable of it? In your opinion, I think he was capable of it. Yep. I think we have to ask Arn Anderson that question <laughs> because I believe that he knows he could have done it, but. You know, he was exactly what you said. He played second fiddle to Flair. Yep. And I believe he liked that. You know, he obviously they're still great friends yep. to this day. And, what you know, he was great at his role. He was an enforcer. He was um, the guy they went to in, in the Horsemen. Why would he want it, it, it? Flair was the one that had that title. He was the big guy. Yep. So why would, you know, nowadays something like that, that would be perfect. That would be a for a perfect way to break up the horsemen, just if, like, if, uh, right now we'll use a shield example. I know we don't want to get into that type of stuff. No, no, but no. But, no, no. say, you know, Roman's the champ now, mm-hmm. and now you you got Ambrose as the enforcer, let's just say, use him as an example, and now we'll have them break up, and then they'll feud. Back then, it wasn't like that. Yeah. Now, you know, more, nowadays people have more of an opportunity. Back then, there wasn't that much of an opportunity. So, Flair was the guy. Arn was the backup guy. Yeah. Unfortunately. And I believe, you know, Arn, I believe he knew he could do that. But I believe he was happy with his role. Okay. That's a very good, you know, that's a, I've never really heard that argument made before. Uh, you do remember in 95 when they tried to split up the yes. Westman. Yeah. When Arn and Flair. It was a little too late. You thought it was. I thought it was. As a kid, I thought it was cool and it was different because mm-hmm. you know I was so used to seeing. Obviously, you know the Horsemen together, especially Flair and Anderson, they were so good together. But uh, you know the 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 thought in my mind was you know that yes, this is different, but. Let's see how it goes. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? The, the 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 narrative they were depicting at that time was that, you know, Anderson was always cleaning up Flair's dirty work. He was yes. always there for Flair when Flair needed it, but Flair didn't exactly return the favor. Yep. And I felt like, as a kid, I could have seen or gotten behind the idea of Arn Anderson having his own type of faction – uh, which I thought we were going to see with the inclusion of Brian Pillman into this storyline, and they and Flair would be going up against them. I felt like it. it, it I personally, uh, the majority of wrestling fans think it would have been a stupid idea because Arn and Flair together are better than Arn and Flair apart. Mm-hmm. But um, I always felt like at, it was 1995. It was in the middle of you know the the, the Dungeon of Doom era in WCW oh, against Hulk Hogan. That's a whole other story, right yeah, there. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's. <laughs> Definitely guys on the list that didn't deserve to be the world champion whatsoever. Yes. Uh, but um, that's another discussion for another day. But I felt like Arn getting some kind of faction or some kind of group with two uh, two or three other guys and going up against Flair and kind of turning the tables on Flair a little bit. Um, I, or I, even have a power struggle over who should lead the horsemen. Exactly. That would that, that that would have been interesting too. That would have been very interesting. I th- I think I could I think I could have gotten and Then at that point something like we that. could have had something where okay, now he's a contender for that title. Yeah. Or you know, not even for the title. It doesn't have to be anything. It would just be a 
um, Flair versus Arn for the power of the Horsemen, yep. and that alone, you didn't need a title for that. No, no, you didn't. No, you wouldn't have needed. I mean, granted, the the Flair Arn '95 rivalry, uh, which led to that match at Fall Brawl, wasn't mm-hmm. for the title whatsoever. I think Hogan had the belt at the time, and that's yeah. when they did the whole, you know, uh, Hogan's team against the Dungeon of Doom in the yep. War Games. But um, I could, I could definitely have gotten behind, you know, Arn challenging for the title or Arn kind of planting the seeds that he wanted an opportunity at the title in the same way that Batista kind of planted seeds in Triple H and Evolution's mind. Yes, and uh, that's exactly the same thing. And that's what I that's why I'm trying to come across where in the a time other than when the horsemen started, that's yeah. why, you know, evolution was different. It was yeah. a way to obviously bring up Batista and Orton yeah. in the same time. Yeah. If wrestling was how it was back then, then Arn would have had his opportunity. Yeah. Okay. Um like you said, you know, kind of keeping in that, you know, like he, he enjoyed that role of, of being the enforcer. Another guy in the Four Horsemen, in my opinion, that I felt like not only could have been the world champion, but another guy that you, you could have done a power struggle with the Four Horsemen is Tully Blanchard. Yes. Uh, Tully Blanchard was, you know, just as hot, red hot as a bad guy, mm-hmm. if not even hotter than Ric Flair. I mean... I remember as a kid, you know, I hated the Horsemen. I wanted Dusty and the Road Warriors and Nikita Koloff and those guys and Sting to take out the Horsemen. But yep. um, people still loved and respected the Four Horsemen and Tully Blan- and, and, and Ric Flair. But when Tully was a part of the group, they hated them. Like, everyone hated Tully. Tully had this way of... of Making you want the best like, heel out of the group. You thought he was the best. You thought he was the best heel out of the group. I believe so. Well, yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, well, you really can't argue against Flair because Flair, but you, you, you hated Flair so much that you loved him. Yeah, Tully. You hated. You hated. You didn't love him. Yeah. No, that's my point. Is that he was one of those guys that, like, you know, you, you want to go through the television screen and rip his head off. Yes. I mean, and he was so cocky about it too. Like Flair was cocky, but Flair was also entertaining while he did it. Of course. Tully was cocky, but Tully was an asshole, and he made you want to see someone kill him. You know, especially when he had Baby Doll on his side and JJ Dillon, and you know, he was a big deal as a singles wrestler before he became into the Four Horsemen, mm-hmm. and then when the Four Horsemen formed. He just helped them become an even bigger deal with his with with his character and his presence. But um, give me your thoughts on your memories of Tully Blanchard and you know his potential to be a world champion and why you felt like he wasn't. I'm gonna. The biggest thing is just his physique. To me, at least. Yeah. I mean, uh, back then, uh, it, you could get away with being a smaller guy and maybe not the most fit guy. But him being in the um, horseman is what pretty much put him to the top. Yep. If he was single, or even if he was, let's say he was the leader of the horseman, which, I mean, how are you going to pass Flair? But, I I mean, it's, I was really never a big fan of him. Mm-hmm. But just I'm I'm gonna go with just just the way his physique was. Yes, he was he was a great heel. But I mean, to to hold that world title, you have to really rise and I, I just didn't see it with him. I mean, he he was a a great candidate for you know the middle title, the U.S. You know, a great worker team title, yeah, yeah, tag team champion. He but I just point. can't see him as the champ. Okay. 
All right. Do you, now let's kind of go back here a little bit because you know that 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 response there poses this question for me. Mm-hmm. Do you think the Arn Anderson's physique hurt him in his standing to be the world champion? Yes and no. Okay. But with Arn, he still had a little bit more credibility to to be a top guy. He he was more entertaining, as I could say. Really? He, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Well, you got to remember too, Blanchard was gone by the NWA days. Yep. NWO, I'm sorry, days. And, you know, Arn was still there. Mm-hmm. If we could go all the way to um, Flair versus uh, Taker WrestleMania. That um, double-A... Uh, uh, the Spinebuster. Spinebuster. Yep. You know, he, he was able to keep going. I mean, there was times... I mean, I haven't seen him lately, but, you know, I don't know if he's still working backstage or not, but, I mean... He had a, a role backstage after WCW was bought. You know, he he yeah. was able to keep going. You know, you know. Yes, you've seen Blanchard at the Hall of Fame or when Flair retired. And I mean, I don't want to use that as saying that you know he's. I don't want to take his credibility away. But mm-hmm. you see Flair, you see Arn. They kept going as time progressed. Blanchard didn't. Okay, I mean, I think. I think both guys were equally entertaining in their mm-hmm. own rights. Um, I mean, when they were brainbusters. Well, even even when they were in the Horsemen before they you know moved to the WWF and became the brainbusters. Um, like I said, Arn Arn had this seriousness about his uh, about his interviews that when you know when he got on the mic, you know, Flair could talk and and, oh, yeah. and entertain, and he'll take his clothes off and he'll <laughs> tell you he's gonna fuck your wife and all this other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and then when they gave the mic to Arn, you knew everything like, was serious. Yeah, everything was, there was serious. No more smiles. Yeah, and if he did smile, it was very rare. But Arn was. If he you know, smiled, was, you got to be scared. It was all business. Yes, it was all business. And then on the other side, you had Tully, and Tully could get serious and he can get downright dirty and nasty. But Tully had this, like I said, this asshole way about him that he just, the way he spoke and the way he addressed his opponents and even the people that were watching on TV, like it made you want to kill him or see or pay money to see someone kill him. And both guys had very similar physiques. I think, I think being in the horsemen certainly helped them and their yes. careers. Yep. No doubt about it. The association together, they'll be linked together forever in wrestling history. Course, yep. But I think they were so good together as a unit that I think the prospects of splitting those guys up and seeing what they could do on their own and and, and flirting with the idea of, of the world title or being in the contention for the world title, I think was something that the management didn't want to mess around with. They got close when they did that Arn flare angle in ninety five. was late too. But Remember, it was the, late. The was, yeah. Biggest part of the you know, biggest time for the horsemen was what? The eighties. Yep. By then it was it was they're trying. They're just, just but by then, you know, they're still trying to figure out everything. This is before NWO. They're, yep. they're trying to get um, more viewers. Yep. So let's break up uh, the Horsemen. Let's get Flair versus Arn. So that's why I. That's why I believe they did that, and it wasn't as big as they thought it would be. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, could have been. It should have been. I think it could have been. I th- I was really enjoying the prospects of 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 seeing Arn and Flair and what they 
what they could have done more. Like I said, I would have gotten totally gotten behind the idea of like an Arn Anderson group against like a, a, a good guy, Ric Flair. But at the same time, you know, they 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 pulled one over on me at least as yeah. a fan when they reunited and they put Pillman in the mix and then eventually Benoit and that's how they rechristened the Four Horsemen. Uh, but all right, so we uh, Arn and Tully here. I mean, we could talk about everybody in the Four Horsemen in this. Uh... That should have been almost, the world champion. Yeah. Well, well, we could talk about not, the four horsemen all day. Not Luger, because Luger's well, been yeah. the world champion. Pillman. Pillman. But that's the same thing I said, just uh, you know, smaller. if he would have... Smaller, and you never know what would happen if you if, never if, passed. If he passed. You know, we had this... Con- my brother and I had that conversation regarding Pillman um, on our... Uh, our SummerSlam 1997 watch along, which was one of the very first episodes of Kicking Out of Two, you can find that in the archives over at SoundCloud.com right now. Uh, and Pillman's find name, it. Yeah, Pillman's name came up, and I felt like. Yes, he he was limited because of his ankle injury and he has substance abuse issues, and it's really hard to say where he could have gone um, following that because he had passed, but. I really feel like he was he could have been a really big star in the in the, the height of the attitude yeah, era. He would have ruled the attitude era. Like I just think everything just just the way his his um the way he talked. Yep. Just everything about him was his just, charisma, his, his his ability to to Just to, imagine him and then Austin in the prime. Oh, going against yeah. each other. Absolutely. Or, or being um some type of a team. Against yeah. Vince, yeah, that would have been amazing. Yeah, like they could, have, like yeah. I mean, him and Austin, they, you know, obviously they had a history together. Yeah, the Hollywood Blondes. But yep. um, I feel like because of his injuries, he could have been a really good supporting player in the Attitude Era. Um, like even like as like a commentator, you know. Yeah. Even like, what he did, he did a few commentaries. He, 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 yeah, he was he great on Shock on Saturday Night. But that's a guy that like he makes. I mean, he didn't make our list, but we brought him up because I think like he. If the injuries didn't come into play and he wasn't hurt, and obviously if he didn't pass, I feel like they would have flirted with the idea of let's see what Pillman can do in a world title situation. Or even that, you know, if he didn't really have that much time at all in in uh, WWF back no. then, you know, he he would have been a candidate for the IC title easy. Oh, yeah, he would have had that. He would have had a long run with that. Yeah, but you know, I even th- if they never thought about having the um the world title, yeah. he would have been IC champ. Easy. Yeah, I, I I do feel like they they missed at least WCW did miss the boat on him as a good guy chasing for the title, um, like like high, when he was high flying when he Brian. was flying Brian Pillman. Yeah, like he could have been like a like a he, almost in the same vein as like a Ricky Steamboat, mm-hmm. um, you know, against like Ric Flair and the Horsemen, and uh, you know at that time like he was feuding with the Horsemen when he was with Sting and the Steiners against you know, the, that that that. Time, I think it was Flair, Arn, Barry, and Sid that were that yeah. version of the Horsemen. Yep. Um, I, I felt like that they could have done more uh, doing a Pillman Flair title match storyline rivalry, whatever the case may be. But at the same time, you also had Sting, who was red hot yeah. at that time. He was their top guy. Um, but they, I feel like they still could have done something. And well, Pillman, just could, Pillman could have, at the very least, I don't think Pillman could have had a long run with the title, but I feel like Pillman could have been a good transitional yeah. champion. Like he, he, had that, been, he still had that credit, credibility as a, I mean, he probably wasn't the best technical, but you got to remember what, what was he part of when he was in WWE? The I mean, WBF, I'm sorry. Yep. And why was that? 
Because I mean, he well, might have not had the full. He might have had the full train, but he was part of the what? The, the dungeon. foundation, the dungeon. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and, and and why don't why why don't we get into a couple of men that that came from there? Let's start with Davy Boy, British Bulldog, mm-hmm. um, an individual who, uh, you know, great success in the tag team ranks with Dynamite Kid as the British Bulldogs. Um, eventually, in the the uh, mid '90s, early '90s, he had returned and he started a singles role, and you know, obviously, one of his his crowning achievement headline in history, headlining Summer SummerSlam with Brett uh, at Wembley Stadium in 1992, um, and I believe that was the first time back then there what Hogan did not main event SummerSlam or just in general in a pay per view. You might be... Ah, no. You're wrong there. Because Hogan and Undertaker at Survivor Series didn't... 92? 91. Didn't headline that pay-per-view. That pay-per-view ended with, of all matches, the Big Boss Man and the Legion of Doom against IRS and the Natural Disasters. Yeah. Hogan and Undertaker in the middle of the card for that show. Okay, let's say... A good main event. Man. Yeah, <laughs> but no, that that was like one of the first major pay per views that like Hogan did yeah. headline and Davy Boy did. But it feels like Davy Boy could have been a, 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 a you know he he fit the role. Of you course. talked about it earlier in terms of size. Like Vince loved big guys. Well, I'll give you the reason why he he was never that guy. Even when what was it? Beware of Dog when he went against uh, Shawn, Shawn Michaels. Yep. And what was that? Wasn't that there where they had uh, technical difficulties? That was the night that the power went out in the building. First time most, ever, right? Yeah. And then the, 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 night, the night after or two nights after, they gave a free uh, pay-per-view. The matches yeah. that were in the dark on that yeah. card, they gave you for free. And they combined that with the matches that aired on pay-per-view that were the, yeah. the, when the lights were on. So they mm-hmm. like combined both shows and gave it to you for um, at one shot on the uh, – on the on the on the, the the replay. But what I was getting at that is Bulldog could not talk. Is if you did, boom, 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 boom. you yeah. know he was just well, his, know, he was, it, it, it obviously was, the language barrier that, from yeah. England and yeah that didn't that didn't help. But um, I, I, me personally, I think the language, I don't think that mattered. No, but to Vince back then, he needed somebody that you well, know. Back then, everyone needed to talk, or at least yeah. most people needed to talk or have somebody talk I mean, I, I say that, you know, Brett's my favorite, but yep. he wasn't the best talker either. No. But he was able to hold himself. Yeah, he did all right for himself. Yeah, he did all right for himself. I mean, he wasn't, you know, you said he wasn't the best talker. No, but, he wasn't. I but I feel like Davy Boy came off such a big moment at that SummerSlam. Yeah. Winning the Air Continental title, his home country he against his brother-in-law, too. Brett. The main event of SummerSlam, you know, at the time it was one of the... the, the 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 most attended shows ever mm-hmm. the record attendance at least for a SummerSlam, um, and unfortunately he had you know later in that year he had run into some some uh, some issues with substance abuse yes. you know, yeah. getting suspended pot testing positive for steroids and then eventually he went to WCW, um, so I mean that right there I mean kind of you know explains the whole story as to why he didn't become the world champ. But then yeah, what was, if what if that never you know he was able to keep that up and he would have kept going? You never know. I I think at that time maybe that was. I his think time. he was in the conversation yeah. of, of of like, hey, who else could we put the title on? Like, I don't think he was like they were grooming. Well, him. yeah, that that uh, SummerSlam match that was yes, it was meant for uh, Brett to drop that title yeah. to to um, Davy Boy. Yep. 
but that was for Brett to move on to bigger and better things as he did. And Davy Boy was going to stay right. Yeah, and that. he was supposed to feud with Sean. Yep. And they had the match at Saturday night's main event, mm-hmm. and Michael's winning, and Davy Boy eventually had to leave the company because he tested positive for, for steroids. Yep. And they had to let him go, and they were in the middle of, uh, you know, at the time. Steroid trial. Yeah, they were going through that steroid trial, so, you know, if they were getting rid of anyone that, was, that, that wasn't, you know, following the drug policy. But, um, you know, Davy Boy would then go on to WCW, and he would work with guys like Vader, and he'd work with guys hey, like he was a Sid. top guy. And he was a top guy when he walked in right away. Why didn't he have as much success in WCW and maybe get a crack at the world title? He wrestled for the title a bunch of times, but never won. Came up short. Why did Davy Boy come up short in WCW? That's a good question. I don't know. I'd probably say it's, it's, it's the same thing. Probably just his um, his way of uh, being able to be on the mic. Yeah. I can't see what, you know, he was one of the the best technical wrestlers. Yeah. I, I can't see why they wouldn't, you know, somebody like that, you, you would love to put the title on because, you know, he's legit. But... Do you think it had to do with, like, well, that too, and like... he was, Well, he was also, a, you know, he's, he came in as a babyface back Back then, Sting was the number one guy, so Sting usually was the one feuding for that title. That's where I was getting at. You think so? Sting... I mean, if more and the thing, he wasn't there for that long. No, he so was there not... for what, about a year, maybe. Yeah, that's just about. So if maybe he's, let's say he's, um, he never went back to uh, to WWE. Yeah, never went to join the Heart Foundation. He yep. stood through the Monday Night War and he was part of WCW. Maybe then. We would have had a Davy Boy title run. In WCW? In WCW. Do you think before Hogan? Before, yeah, before, before Hogan. Before Hogan. No, not when, once Hogan came. Once Hogan showed up, that I part, think once Hogan came, he would have went right back. He went right back, okay. But, like, like that, was, that was the question I was getting at. Sting. You think Sting being there, being such a stronghold in the company, a guy who... You know, Davey Boy from to yeah, Southern wrestling fans and w, and WCW fans was seen as a w, WWF guy. Yeah. You know, so coming over, do you think because WCW at that time was still a Southern wrestling promotion, yeah. do you think yeah. they had a hard time adjusting to someone like a Davey Boy Smith? Yes and no. Yes, as you, you know, yeah, he he just came in, so you know you got to earn your stripes. Mm-hmm. But. Somebody like uh, Hogan, you know, he was, you know, too ahead of him, you know. But Hogan was bigger than Davey. Yeah, he was bigger than everybody, so he had to have that title no matter where he was. But I don't think uh, Sting was like that. So if, you know, Sting was the guy and, you know, you're the top baby face, you know, we need to keep you as a champ. Oh, you know, he he might give somebody else a chance Mm -hmm. where I don't think Hogan would do that. Yeah. But then again, you know, he wasn't there long enough. But, yeah, you know, it's just... For him coming over, obviously, has a, um, been a WWF guy, coming from uh, Stampede and everything, and then going to WCW, obviously being a Southern. You know, they're not going to just give him all these opportunities. Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah, he went in and he was in the, um, that, uh, what was it? Uh, the War Games? War Games. Yeah. That was Which, probably by the... the way, you can watch the 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 ninety three War Games Fall Brawl uh, uh, with with us at our uh, 
WCW Fall Brawl 1993 Watch Along in the archives over at SoundCloud.com. If you hit your WWE Network, you can watch some really shitty wrestling. <laughs> it was it was something really shitty to watch, but uh, oh yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, Davey Boy was a part of that. Yeah, but that was a main event, so I mean, they knew they had something. If they put, you know, that was about the same time he came right in, right? Ninety three. He got in. I want to say like early ninety three. So. Yeah, I want to say like early '93. You know, so that was the main event. So them he putting him to, there, you know. Yeah, I mean, they he, knew they had something. Yeah, I mean, he was he was a, he was a credible name, and wrestling fans knew of him. But at the same time, like, I feel like in WCW, like to the, to the wrestling fan base, especially the Southern wrestling fans, mm-hmm. he wasn't their guy. So they no, didn't no, fully get behind him a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Like he just he. he he was a, everyone saw him as a WWF guy. So, um, and, and at that too, being a, a international guy. Yeah, you European. know, the, the, yeah, WCW didn't really, you know, go international at that yeah. time when he came in. So, um, but then he made his way back to the WWF uh, in '94, mm-hmm. and he was involved. That's when he was in the uh, the crowd for the Brett steel Nolan cage cage yep. match, which we won't get the into. Matches yeah, ever. my favorite cage match of all time. We will yes. get into that shortly when it comes to. The, you know his Owen. brother-in-law Owen, yeah, who's also on this list. But um, you know, Davy came back and he was entrenched in the Hart family storyline. Uh, then eventually he was tagging with Lex Luger, doing the Allied Powers thing. I thought that was fucking stupid. He uh, just two big guys that look good. Yeah, and put them together. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. had nothing for Luger because they knew that they couldn't do anything with him. It just didn't work out. And that, by then, you know, the uh, Lex Express did not work. No. Fans wanted Brett. Yeah. No, you're right. Or Sean. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Shit it on uh, Luger, and they and didn't have they nothing dumped, for him. They, they put him with Davy Boy, and and then... What was that? Uh, what was it? Uh, them two... What, what was the... What was, they had a, a tag team match at the Mania. The only Mania I went to against what the... Uh, Jacob and Eli Blue, the Blue Brothers, and then they, they became were, the, the, yes. the disciples of Apocalypse. Yep. Yeah, and then in WCW, they were the Harris Twins. Yes. Yeah, yep. yeah. The, Ron and Don I believe Harris. that opened up WrestleMania 11. Yes, that did. It yeah. did open up WrestleMania 11. But uh, yeah, so Davy Boy kind of had that, you know, that tag team role with Luger for a little bit. Then he like just out Floundered. of nowhere, he like. Luger went to WCW and Davy Boy turned on Diesel one night, and then he ended up joining Jim Cornette, and that was when you just kind of saw Davy break out into a, a, a singles role as a bad guy. And he did a pretty the, good job. I, I, I thought it was a I thought it was a cool little turn when I was mm-hmm. a kid, and I enjoyed it. And I didn't, I have not watched the match with him and Diesel that match that they had in. Uh, in your house, yeah, of that wasn't the best. Match October ever. of '95, but Bulldog but who had, could carry? I mean, not saying he's the worst. But I mean, he's a good. Uh, the, the styles just didn't mesh well. Yeah, Davey was a power powerhouse kind of wrestler, and 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 Diesel, you know, was a smash mouth, you know, punch kick kind of guy. But uh, anyhow, um, yeah, he had plenty of opportunities at the title. I mean, between. Um, like I said, his time in WCW, then coming back and he had the run against Diesel. Then he had that great match at the In Your House um, Seasons Beatings in December of 95 against Brett when I think Brett was bleeding or Davy Boy was bleeding. Diana, Diana, Diana was at ringside. Yeah, yeah. 
and they had a fantastic match and Bulldog came up short and I remember watching that match as a kid and I was like that was the first time I got serious behind Oh, I can see. Oh, Davey. I always love watching them too wrestle. Well, no, they were great to watch wrestle. Don't get me wrong, I loved it, but um, that was the first time I got serious as far as Davy Boy competing for the WWF title. Mm-hmm. That for me was like, I was like, wow, he like really kept up with Brett, and it was just like, it, it just, I just felt like the physicality, like he. I wouldn't say he owned Brett in that match, but he certainly had his way with Brett, and um, that was the first time where I felt like real serious about him as a as a contender. And then he kind of went back into you know being like a supporting player in in Camp Cornette. Uh, and then you mentioned Beware Dog uh, that match, and then eventually the King of the Ring. And it seemed like after that point, um, the biggest accomplishment he got was the European Champion. Do you think that was bigger than the, the, his intercontinental win against Brett? No, 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 no. I'm saying after that point. Oh, after that him, point, yeah. yeah he was, That's I the mean, only biggest thing. He had the tag he belts to. a few times with Owen. No, and definitely and his. Keep the inter, yeah, the European title they created for him yeah, in a sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that was really. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to get into no, everything no, with, no. with Sean, but. But yeah, no, no, no. The, definitely his crowning achievement was that SummerSlam win yeah. against Brett. And then you you remember, you know, he leaves, you know, after the whole screw job with Brett, goes to WCW, does nothing over there, comes back. Gets hurt. Yeah, gets hurt. Then he comes back, and he's once again thrust into the title picture. But he's not anywhere near what he used the to be. The athlete he was, absolutely not, yeah. He and the reason, great. you know, people just wonder, why is this guy, what, you know, the bulldog, why is he wearing these jeans? Because he had to wear a brace for his back, and that oh, was really? covering it. See, I didn't know that. See, yeah. I, I didn't like the whole jeans thing. I liked when he wore, you know, the tights and the, yeah. and the boots and, the, you know, the, the red, white, and blue. If and you I, want, if you if you look at it, you know, I, I mean, I didn't know this either. I read about it, but um, he had this brace because, obviously, he took a bad bump on one of, uh, and it wasn't... Everybody thinks a lot of people think it was Sting's uh, um, the trap door. In the trap ring. door, it but it was Warriors. Ultimate Warriors. Yeah, yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck him. Well, yeah, for exactly for doing that. And that maybe, hey, and yeah, if that never happened dead, to Bulldog. But... Maybe he'd be here. Yeah, I know. I know Warriors dead, but still, I didn't like him. So fuck yeah. him. But anyhow, yeah, he just and then like at that point, like he really didn't do. A whole lot of anything, unfortunately. But he had—he was one—he's one of the guys on this list that had plenty of opportunities at the championship. And for whatever reason, why do you think overall he didn't between both his WWF and WCW runs, all the championship matches we just talked about? Why didn't Davy Boy at least win the title once? Personal problems, his substance issues. I believe yeah. that. Well, WCW, I really can't say, but for WWF. I'm gonna go with substance okay. problems, and that's the only reason. Yeah, because he was a um again, well, with WWF again. Yeah, I said substance abuse problems, and his Vince probably never saw him as a, a guy that can. Yeah, he could win the title. He could be a great um competitor, but can he uh, make him money? Yeah, no, you make not. a good point there. I mean, I I I could have bought into Davy Boy. Winning the WWF championship and then losing it like quickly, like let's well, say that's like what month, happens now. Like yeah, you, you get your, you get your guy that you like now. That, uh, yeah, Brock Lesnar. He'll win. <laughs> somebody wins the title and then two weeks later, or a month later, that it it was not like that back then. You got your top guy and you got your guy that's um trying to your bad guy and maybe that bad guy will win it quick. Yeah. 
and then lose it right back to that top guy. It's not like that no more. Now you get people that, you know, let's try Jinder Mahal. And then, yeah, you know, they would have never work. tried that, you know, 20 years ago, 30, yeah, 25 yeah, years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, Davey Boy was Davey Boy's probably the one guy in this list that I would say probably had the most opportunities. Definitely. And, and yeah. just came up short. But uh, we, we just kind of talked about him. Let's transition into him right now. Owen Hart, another individual who, you know, uh, never won the big one. You know, like I said, you know, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. Mm-hmm. He, you know, similar to Arn Anderson in the sense that. You know, he was playing second fiddle to Brett for quite some time. But uh, um, me personally, I think the reason why he didn't become the world champion, it was not because of his ability, because I think he's a fantastic performer. He was a fantastic performer. Not because he couldn't talk. Not because oh, he could talk. Yeah, no, he could. He was he was definitely a better talker out of between him and Brett. And and I'll probably yep. ruffle your feathers with another statement in a few minutes that might piss you <laughs> off. But when it comes, no, to I Owen, love Owen. When it comes, when Owen it comes too. to Owen Hart, but um, no, uh, I feel like as a kid, I the way that they depicted that storyline was that Owen was like the sneaky, annoying, snotty little, little brother. Snotty little brother. Yep. And there was this negative connotation to him that he was just like, he was n- inferior to Brett. He was, you know, he, Brett was better than him. And he was trying so hard to prove that he was just as good as Brett, if mm-hmm. not better. And he obviously got that big win um, over Brett at that WrestleMania in, in, in 1994, WrestleMania 10. 10. But I feel like even even with that victory, the way that they depicted it was almost like it was a fluke. Like he like he didn't have a chance. And I think what hurt him was the way that they portrayed him as this like slimy little weasel snot nosed punk little brother and Brett so you think was that, that kind of stuck with him through his whole career I think that did kind of st- as talented as he was and that motherfucker was talented and he's and there's a lot of guys that have died over the years in the business that you know obviously a lot of them have died way too soon with Owen's situation it was very unfortunate with that accident but he's probably the one guy I shouldn't say one guy there's probably about two guys yeah, him and Randy Savage are the two guys that like I wish were still around today. You know, that were st- could still enjoy the fruits of their labor. You know, I wish Randy Savage was at the Hall of Fame. I wish Owen's going to get inducted into the Hall of Fame. We don't know if that's ever going to happen. Talk to Martha. Yeah, I know. That's a, that's very unfortunate. Um, he was inducted into the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, but yeah, not into the that. WWE Hall of Fame. It's not the um, same. No, it's it's not the same. It's certainly different, but he um, deserves just for she she's just she has too much hate. You know, I mean, for him, yeah. it's for us, for us fans to see him inducted, yeah. for Brett yeah. to induct him, yeah, or you to, know, accept to seal that his yeah. behalf, yeah. Yep. But I felt like Owen's stigma of being this like little, the little brother, the mm-hmm. little, the mm-hmm. size, mm-hmm. that hurt him more than anything. And uh, I don't know about you, but I mean, you know. I personally feel like, and this is going to be the statement that really pisses you off, but I feel like in hindsight, looking back on it, I think Owen was the better performer than Brett. I think Owen talked better. I think Owen was the all-around better talent in the ring in terms of he could fly, he could technically wrestle, he could brawl, he could talk. He kind of had that. He was very. He had. He had those qualities that people kind of looked past because 
Brett was Brett, and Brett was who he was, and Brett had a reputation. Brett was Brett. Remember that commercial? <laughs> yes, I do. I uh-huh. do remember that commercial. And just Owen having that negative connotation of being this, you know, slimy little weasel yeah. of a brother that I, I – it didn't make him look like he was an equal to Brett. Yeah. Is the point I'm getting at. Despite yeah. winning that match at WrestleMania, give me your thoughts. Give me everything that you got when it comes to Owen Hart. No, I I, I think you were expecting me to um to to get mad at you, but um <laughs> I actually like I I love Owen. Yeah. I think I actually like Owen more than Brett. Stop. Really. Really. Yeah. You no, know, I cry? cried. I cried my freaking eyes out as a kid. When he when he died. yeah I cried yeah, and so cried I had I went to school and I cried and I had to get picked up by my mom because I kept Stop. crying crying yep really yeah. yeah. Holy shit! I got tears just saying it right now, just just thinking about it. Wow! You know, uh, just like out of all the wrestlers and stuff, that was just it, it hit hard. You yeah. know, I always always loved um I loved wrestling. I loved the Hart family, but um him, I I think he could have surpassed Brett, and with him not like Vince wouldn't let him out of that contract. He didn't want out though. No, what I heard is he did, and like, um, he says, well, this again, this is coming from Brett, so we yeah. don't know what you know. I, yeah. again, I'm a big Bret Hart fan, so I go by what he says. I don't, it could be true, it can't be true, but um, Brett tried and tried to get him out the contract I've to go to that, WCW. Yeah. Yep, I've heard that. And Vince was like, you know, I got lawyers and said, if you if you try this again, you know, we're gonna, you know, all this stuff started Basically, trying to happen. Basically, you're sticking around, you're not going anywhere, but. You know, what Vince could have done, instead of putting this blue blazer and kind of doing like, he, he was doing, when he had, when he was pure with Jeff Jarrett, it was a pretty good um, combination. That was, it was great. Team, yeah. But then when he started doing the blue blazer stuff, going against the Godfather and trying to be this I superhero. Silly. It was silly and everything. I felt like it was a punishment. And that's why, you know, like, that's why you see is Vince is the, I mean, he, I, he did not, he didn't kill um, Owen, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, whatever happened, happened, and it was, it's a very sad, but I believe if, you know, he could have used that, him, what, Brett going to WCW, you could have just made, let Brett go, and you could have made Brett, Owen Brett, easily, he a better Brett, done, well, a yeah. better Brett, well, you could have made a I... better, a, that, that heart family, you, it just went, Owen, he could have been... That's where I kind of thought they were going when Brett left and Owen came back and he kind of had like a Just little bit of an edge to him. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the black heart. He grew, he grew oh, his... I am, I'm, uh, I, am not, was, I am not a nugget, yes. damn it. I, am... I can't grow my dumb beard in. You know, like he yeah. like he was he was so like he he was a obviously you had in that time period they were just starting to you know take good guys and they were becoming more rebellious obviously yeah. we still get that attitude Austin, that attitude so that little edge to him kind of really helped him and when he was like when they brought some of that reality when he came back and he yoked up vince in the middle of the ring and he was going after michaels and hunter i was like this is some cool stuff yeah but then they fucking cooled his jets real quick after a few weeks and he just became like everyone else and i believe that wasn't even that was the power that sean had the click had that was click really See, I've heard different. I've heard that they that they got along with Owen. They liked Owen, and Owen stood well, out. All, like he stayed out of all that bullshit with Brett and Sean. Yeah. And and when when Owen came back, they did good business. But for whatever reason, I think Owen Hart this time around 
in late 97, early 98, when he was doing the stuff with DX and he was wrestling for the title on house shows, and I think he had like one title match on TV with Sean, mm -hmm. I think it was just the wrong time. Because Stone Cold Steve Austin was so oh, freaking red hot that like you weren't gonna sacrifice Austin to try oh, and make God, Owen God, into God, a bigger God. deal. But I thought Owen definitely should have been in the conversation for sure and when it came to the title. Again, you got to remember that time frame. It's it could have been totally possible. He could have been after. if there was no Steve Austin. No, 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 no. Even if Austin, you know, after uh, Austin won the title at Mania. No. Oh, if you, if if they did something following that, like if it was Owen and Austin, that would have been interesting. Especially with the the whole history with the neck know, injury. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that would have been interesting because those two never really you know kissed and made up mm -hmm. when it came to uh, when it came to that. But I I could what have you heard too is like like everything you ever hear about Owen backstage that he was the most wonderful guy he was the funniest guy yep. the, uh, um pulling pranks and yep. all this stuff that he did not say sorry to austin when he did the um tombstone wrong i've read and i read this in brett's book that he felt horrible about it and was embarrassed to say something i don't know if he was embarrassed or he didn't know how to approach the situation but um Brett seems to think that Owen deep down genuinely wanted to reach out to him, but oh. he just didn't know how to approach the the subject. I mean, it, 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 I don't know. I've never, if you look at the I've you never watched broken the, somebody's neck before, no, no, so I don't but know you watch that match, and you, after that that move, you you look, just look at Owen's face. Anybody that's watching this, you go back and you look at that match. Look at Owen's face after that happens. He's so distraught and he doesn't know what's going he's like he, he looks like he, he doesn't know what's going he's just yeah what did i just do yeah and he's trying to figure you know obviously he's a great competitor you know he knows how to um move around the ring he just freezes up yeah no he he was definitely concerned i yeah. mean you can you could definitely tell by the look on his face here's a question for you i know this is kind of hard because considering the circumstances and he no, passed but um you know, they were doing that whole blue blazer thing where he was kind of mimicking, you know, the, the blue. It was like a it was like a, a, a mockery of the blue blazer yeah. of sorts, you know, and and he was kind of going up against the grain against the Godfather and the attitude era and the risque, yep. you know, sexual innuendos with Val Venus and the Godfather and, and, and guys like that. What do you think would have come of that storyline with Owen and the with with Owen as the Blue Blazer against the Godfather, had he not passed away, he probably would have won the um, the feud, the Intercontinental Title. Yep. Okay. But then do you think what, it could have led to something bigger, or do you think that would have probably just kind of that's, that's the scary it part. It's like now because they just put him as that. How do you come back from that? How do you go from being this joke of a blue blazer? Even though you just won the big intercontinental title, how do you get back to being the Black Heart Owen or Owen Hart, the, the Rocket? You know, yeah. Owen Hart, the the, the, the last remaining Hart. That's yeah. what they should have used, and they the they sole pushed that. Of the Hart family. That's what the, if they would have used that and kept going, he didn't have. He could have just been the heel. You know what I thought they were going to do with him? I thought that. He was going to win the title as the Blue Blazer. Which title? The Intercontinental yep. title. And then he was going to unmask. And he was going to kind of like quit and walk away. The same way that 
Dustin Reynolds kind of dumped the gold dust thing, yep. and then he like did the whole "He is coming," and he was doing the you know dropping the 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 religious vibe. Oh yeah, into the I character. I didn't think Owen was going to go the religious route by any means, but um, I felt like he would have just kind of pulled the mask off and been like, you know what, yeah. I don't need this shit anymore, and then yeah. just kind of throw it and walk away, and then maybe he comes back into into a much larger role. You know, maybe that would have been, like, the, the turning point, and he could have gotten an opportunity. And the thing, the everything again. that he was being told to do, he didn't mind doing. He did not want to do that. No, he didn't. Come from the, he didn't the, feel comfortable doing yeah. it. I mean, nobody did, you know. and It's, it's very unfortunate. You know, it's, I mean, everyone's got their side and their opinion on the situation. Um, I feel like, you know, I mean, that was one of the, that, I mean, to this day, there isn't, I mean, at least, I mean, there's been a lot of wrestlers we lost, but to, on an actual show, that was the worst thing ever. That was, I'll tell you this much. I was at home with a group of friends of mine. We used to get all the pay-per-views. So and we not, didn't believe it because back then we didn't. Back then they had crazy shit going on. Fucking, you know. Valvina said, I didn't know know choppy, choppy your pee-pee, and yeah. fucking Mark Henry got a blowjob from a transvestite, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and things like that. Like, you saw crazy things, so, like, you Austin with the gun, Bang 316, yeah, or yeah. Brian Pillman had the gun. You had all that crazy stuff I thought this was on. all a storyline until I woke up in the morning to go to school. Oh, wow, so and, it was after that. Yeah, I woke up in the morning to go to school, and, um, as you know, I was a big wrestling fan. My mom said, um... Dude, um, what happened last night when you were watching? And she told me, and then I was just started crying, and I couldn't. Really? She, yeah. See, I didn't believe. I didn't know. I didn't see, know it we, was real. See, me and my friends, like, we didn't buy it at first for a while. I'm like, it's not. But at the same time, there was still that doubt in the back of my mind. I was like, well, they're not showing him on yeah. TV, so like, you you kind of have to think that there might be some truth behind this. And you know, you go throughout the whole show, and there was just like this real eerie feeling like you can tell like the wrestlers that came out there after it happened like they weren't well, if you look back now you see how hard it was for uh especially like jared jeff jared yeah, and well, his, um deborah was, crying yeah, yeah. The, the spot of blood was in the corner of the ring where he was in the tag match yeah you know what i mean like those guys like you could just tell obviously like they they weren't into what they were doing they were very distracted and that's and a big big um question too is should they have uh continued continued or not I, I, I don't I, I, still, I, I, I don't know it's it's hard to say but I mean if you watch the rest of that pay-per-view there it was horrible it wasn't great yeah no it wasn't and I think and it was you be- can't bl- I don't yeah, blame them exactly yeah I mean you you watched it back and those guys were just you know like I said they they were distracted yeah just told that on. one of their friends just died yeah and and here's the other thing too like I when when they made the announcement I was like, this can't be real. This can't be real. He really didn't just die. Like, yeah. this can't be real. Like, they do crazy shit like this. This cannot be real. And I remember, when like, JR said that. I yeah. remember, yeah, I remember, like, JR, you know, made had to make the announcement, and, like, and he was almost crying when he was mm-hmm. saying it. You could hear it in his voice. I remember my father coming in the room. My father was like, what's going on? We didn't on? have internet back then. We didn't yeah. know what was going on. Yeah, I mean, on. there was internet, but, like, we just didn't, it didn't, the information didn't come as quickly. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like, where you go on, oh, let me just check myself. Oh, yeah, that did really did yeah, happen. Exactly. Somebody yeah. has a recording of it. Yeah, you yeah. had to go on AOL and hear, yeah. the, you know, the... <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was... My father comes in the room, and I was like, they said Owen Hart died. He was like, that's probably a story. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I, I kind of... Yeah, I don't know. I was, like, very confused. And then my, all my friends left, and I waited for the 11 o'clock news, and 
the local news had the story that pro wrestler Owen Hart died. I'm like the local Connecticut NBC News, and I was like, oh my god, this really is real. Well, that's what my mom watched in the morning. She watched it in the morning on the news, yeah. yeah. And then, like, the next day at school, everyone was like, oh my god, did you see it? Because everyone knew me as the wrestling guy at school, you know. So it was, yeah, see, there's... Yeah, well, but did you almost, I almost, um... Punch somebody in the face because they said wrestling's fake and they said they were no, about making fun. Far. No, I, yeah. I didn't go that far. I, I, it was hard. I it fought was over other stuff, but <laughs> no, just not. I mean, I didn't mind about that. It was whatever. Wrestling's cool. I don't care. But um, somebody said something like because this was this was a couple weeks after somebody was saying something and like oh uh, and they, they said something bad. I, I went for the kid. People pulled me away. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, you're a little Billy badass when you're a kid. No, I no, I'm not no badass. It's just that, it, like I said, like when you no, when you you thought I was gonna get mad, I, literally, I, no, I just uh, I liked Owen a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I was I was really hoping for more from him, and I didn't really care for the Blue Blazer thing. So no. like, when he went, and but I, I mean, it was a great it was a great start off gimmick for him when he first came in. You know, so he didn't have to be a heart, so he can make it on his own. Yeah, no, it's a good but point. But for them, you know, it, it was a. It was more of a, it was a, a diss. I think you know Vince was trying to just get Brett mad. So how look at look at let's look at this here for a minute. How ironic that the storyline that catapults Owen into being a superstar was living in the shadow of his brother Brett. Yeah. And many have said that Owen's. Owen not reaching the same level of popularity as his as as his brother Brett would be him still living in that same shadow in real life. Like how ironic like if you think about it there for a minute. You know, the storyline I'm living in the shadow of you, Brett, all my life and I'm sick and tired of it. And he doesn't win the WWF championship. It comes close. The one time where I felt he truly had the the chance, and we just we, we talk about it. Owen and Brett Steel Cage SummerSlam 1994. Give me your thoughts on that match. Oh my God, that just the the match altogether, and with and not talking about who won or lost, just it was one of the greatest matches. Later, Lowen being a um, Steel Cage match, technical match, or anything, which is one of the greatest matches I ever watched in my life. Yeah. But um, yeah, at you know, I, I thought he was gonna win. There was times I just was watching it. I'm like, okay, you know, this is Owen's time. Yeah. But it was at that time. That was what night? Was that ninety three? That was ninety four. Ninety four. So you think about that. That's ninety four. We go all the way till what ninety seven is when the school job was. Yep. So that's a long time away. Yeah. And that's a lot of time. You know, so that he main evented. He was in the main event then. What took so long, you know? Yeah. Somebody like, you know. I mean, you could you could probably lay out the number of different factors, whether it's Brett or it's just, you know, the... But that was one of the... That was a very good feud. Vince well, made a lot of money off of that feud. He I knew love, he wasn't going to give that title to Owen. Yeah. But he knew he was going to make money off of that. Yeah. You know what I love about that match was the fact that, like... When I was a kid growing up, steel cage matches were like barbaric. You know, you saw blood, and and, and it was just like a it was a, it was this a brawl. Was a technical, but it was a great match. technical wrestling match that just took place inside of a cage. But at the same time, they was, used the steel cage element of the escape his, route. Wasn't he hanging, locked? 
he has leg was locked yes. and Brett and then like, Brett climbed down. Brett climbed yeah. down, yeah. But the they 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 use their 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 technical wrestling ability to try and out wrestle each other at the same time. Tell a better story. They told a great they told a great story in that sense, but they also use that same escape route of the cage, that element of escape yeah. with trying to get out of the cage. Like, like I remember a few times like, Oh, and like diving over Brett. Yeah. And, like, I remember that. You know, like, the foot. Yep. And then like biting Brett's fingers or Brett biting his fingers when he's trying to get out and he's holding onto the ring skirt on the outside. I mean, like it was 45 minutes of like on the edge of my seat when I was ele- like 10 or 11 years old when that match took place. I was just like, I was out but of my that mind. Too, and like we, we mentioned this earlier because bulldog was in the, um, the front row. In the front row, yep. having the it wasn't just him; it was the Anvil, Hart family. the whole Hart yeah. family, and that just added to the suspense. Yeah, no, that the the end was great with you know the, all of them trying to get in at the end, and Owen and Anvil, you know, kind of beating on Brett. Yeah, Bulldog getting in. Bulldog yep. got in eventually, and then they both leave, and you know the, the the family feud had continued, you know, but this time you had Anvil and Bulldog now involved in it. It was yep. just it's one it's. When usually when SummerSlam comes around every year, I try to watch some like you know SummerSlam matches that I like. From you. That one is always on my list. That of cage course. match is, to me, in my opinion, one of the the not just the best cage matches, but one of the greatest SummerSlam matches. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's definitely one of one of my favorites for sure. Um, an individual who uh, who you know let's let's. Turn the tide a little bit here when it comes to the conversation about greatest wrestlers to never win the world title. An individual who um, who uh, some may argue was a world champion at one point is Ravishing Rick Rude. Uh, Rick Rude held the WCW International Heavyweight Championship, and that was once known as the NWA World Heavyweight Championship Uh in 1993, Rude had defeated Ric Flair at Fall Brawl 93 to become the champion. But it was Flair who left with that big gold belt, went to the WWF, had a couple of years as the real world's champion, came back with the belt. WCW had already created a new heavyweight title, but they still used the big gold belt. But for whatever reason, they couldn't figure out whether it was the NWA belt or if it was the international title. So a lot of people... Really don't recognize that run with Rick Rude as the world heavyweight champion. As a kid, I always wondered why Rick Rude never wrestled Hulk Hogan for the title. That, to me, I was always kind of like, Rick Rude wrestled Ultimate Warrior, he wrestled Roddy Piper, Rick Rude was involved in you know, Jake mm-hmm. the Snake, a lot of high-profile um, rivalries, and especially for the Intercontinental title. But I never understood why Rick Rude never had an opportunity at a Hulk Hogan. I felt like that would have been something that, that would have been some pretty cool stuff. Give me your thoughts on Rick Rude and, and uh, why you feel like he never... Got that yeah. title. He, he was well, he was recognized as the world champion in in world class championship wrestling, but by that time that promotion was starting to you know see you know its final days before yeah. being sold to Jeff and Jerry Jarrett. Mm-hmm. But you know the, then he comes to the mainstream World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental title, doesn't get a run with the WWF title. Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, you see, yeah. So we talked about this earlier off air, but you had to educate me a little bit. I. Just because seeing pictures, and I thought he had that title, yeah. but obviously it wasn't. But yeah, he was—he was always a top guy. He was great 
great physical condition. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was always in the main event. Yep. You know, obviously, and being in WWE, he was uh, always going against, uh, you know, Ultimate Warrior. And it, it is weird. I think about it. He, why did he never go against Hogan? I wonder if there, there's never anything that's been I've said heard, about that. So I've heard a couple of different things. I heard that physically in the ring, um, Hogan Hogan has been quoted as saying this, and I and this was in a Ric Flair shoot interview. But Hogan said he wouldn't get in the ring with Rick Rude because he was too dangerous to work with. He was like wrestling the Tasmanian Devil. He would get really, really physical, and he was really, really stiff with guys. Okay. Um, that's Hogan's account of it. Yeah. Flair has kind of backed that up a little bit. Um, but I also heard to. I mean, he was what an arm wrestling champ before. Yep. You come in wrestling? In Minnesota, yep. He was a bouncer at one time. He kind of came in with, uh, he was trained by Eddie Sharkey, who came, who trained uh, uh, the Road Warriors, Hawk and Animal. So he comes from that, like, Minnesota, Minnesota class of, 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 of tough guys. Yep. But um, there's one, he had one match with Hogan. It was on, like, a Hogan, um, like, unreleased matches DVD that WWE put out a number of years ago, and it was from the Boston Garden. Um, it was like a non-televised, like a house show kind of deal, but never had anything on TV. And from what I heard, Hogan said he was just not very safe to be in the ring with. But I've not heard other guys dispute that fact, but I've not heard other guys other than Hogan attest to that statement as well. Yeah, but we've also seen plenty of matches where we've had great matches with him and it doesn't seem like he's you know we know we do see the guys that are unsafe and we yep. know those unsafe people yeah and you never look at you never seen that way yeah you never seen that way yeah so I'm, i mean so i'm right there i think that answers our question yeah it's, i mean it was hogan's pull i get yeah i mean hogan, i mean that but that's for wb wwf when he went to wcw i also heard that um they it wasn't um somebody I, well, I forgot what I was reading or something or something about I the heard. story about how he wanted to be a good guy. No, no, no. That, I'll tell you um, about that in a minute. They pushed Sting against Flair and or no, yeah, and and Rude wanted to get pushed against Sting, but I forgot who was in charge wouldn't allow that. I don't know if you ever heard of that. That's. I heard that Rude wanted to be a good guy, like Sting. Yep. And he wanted, he yeah, he wanted to be a good guy like Sting. I don't know, and I I don't know if he wanted to. I think he still wanted to work Hogan in WCW because he knew he'd make a lot of money. But yeah, I heard he wanted to be a, a a good guy like Sting and um, kind of have that Sting role and. Manage- what do you mean work? He was to work Hogan. He wasn't when Hogan came. He was around. He was still with them in '94, but I believe that was he after. Let, wasn't that when he started having all his injuries? Yeah, stuff? he had that back injury yeah. in Japan that ended his career. I want to say that was in like the spring of '94. I think. Well, Japan, I, I, think was, I think him and Hogan just kind of missed each other. Yeah. Um, like Hogan coming in and him leaving, but I heard that he wanted to work Hogan in WCW. I heard that he was. I heard a story that you know he got hurt, hurt his back in Japan, was like I'm done. But then he heard Hogan was going to come in. He wanted to work Hogan. But they wouldn't let him because he was hurt. And 
Hogan wouldn't work with him because Hogan didn't want to work with him in WWF, so why would he want to work with him in WCW? But the story I heard was is that he had heat with Ric Flair because Ric Flair was the booker at the time. He wanted to be a babyface. He wanted to be like Sting. And Flair was like, no one's going to buy that. You're one of the best bad guys out there. Like, no one's going to buy that you're a good guy. It's just not going to work. You're a great bad guy. Just be, you know, a great bad guy. And I guess Flair wouldn't agree to some of the ideas that he had in order to turn him into a good guy or whatever. So that, unfortunately, kind of that combined with his injuries and having to walk away from the business. But a a guy that I felt like definitely should have been the world champion for a a certain period of time within uh, in uh, WWF. But, um, yeah, Rude was, uh, to me, I felt like Rude, Rude was kind of in that Tully Blanchard category in terms of, like, you know, hateable guys. He was one of those that just had, um, you know, this quality about him that just made you want to, uh, um, made you want to, you know, really fucking kill, kill him or pay someone to, to, to kill him. As we move on to one of Rick Rude's biggest rivals in wrestling history an individual who definitely makes this list who i've spoken with a number of wrestling fans you brought him up on the Mm -hmm. facebook post jake the snake roberts um a guy who's regarded as a master psychologist in the wrestling business um his ring psychology is second to none Uh, his interviews the just the way he carries himself and his character uh uh, a, a master at his craft someone who people feel like he should have been the world champion i made that argument with you on facebook that he didn't need it he didn't need it he was too good for it um that's that's my opinion now <clears throat> at 35 years old as a kid i didn't look at jake roberts as someone that could be in the world title picture because i never saw him compete for a title now, what you just said, as a kid, yes, both of us. Yep. You no, know, I'm only a year younger than you. Yep. As kids, we only knew one person. Yeah. Hogan, yeah. or if we changed the channel, Ma- or, or even Macho Man. Yeah, 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 Macho and Warrior. Yep. You know those, yeah. those, those, those guys. And then it was, uh, you know, out of three of those, you know, um, did did uh Jake ever uh go against uh, Hogan? They tried it. And they, the audience was cheering Jake. Yeah, and, I do remember reading. That. And they didn't want they didn't want to ruin that with Hogan, so they yeah. they, they separated those yeah. two. But that's the thing is that they always use Jake as that um, stepping stone. Stepping stone. Yeah. I mean, and do you ever do you ever hear about when he um he's you know how Jake always how he looked you know he was always intimidating just by the way he talked. Yep. He ended up doing um some steroids and he got jacked. And he showed up to Vince and Vince was like, "You that's not how I need you to look. Really? Go home." I've never and, heard that. Yeah, this was I I I believe it was in um It wasn't the Jake documentary, the DVD that came out a number of years ago. No, it was uh it might have been um the page uh DDP? Yeah, it might have been in that. Okay. I remember him saying something. He's like, Vince said, you know, I, I, I don't want you looking like this. Go take take some time off. He went home and he said, that. He's like, you know what I did? I drank. I did drugs and sat by the pool for months. Wow. To just get back to being sloppy. 
So I guess at one point, you know, I don't know if there's ever any documentation of him looking like that, but I guess he actually looked like a monster. Wow. See, I've never seen pictures of it. I I have never either. I've heard that, you know, he tried every drug. Oh, yeah. He probably invented a few of them. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. That's how fucked up he was. They probably named a few after him. But uh, he, um, no, I never never knew him to be a, a, a steroid guy. But as a kid, like you said, like we knew of Hogan, Warrior, and Savage as like the three main guys that had the belt. And I never saw Jake, the only title I ever saw Jake wrestle for was for the Million Dollar Championship at WrestleMania Six against the Million Dollar Man, Ted mm-hmm. DiBiase. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when they had broken up the big boss man away from Slick because DiBiase uh, was using boss man to do his dirty work from time to time. And, and Jake was kind of there to just kind of like, you know, stir the... He was the shit stirrer. The, the, and like what you said, that was when he became... When he became a fan favorite. Boss man? No, and um, Jake... Jake was a fan favorite uh, long before that. Uh, I want to say roughly around the time of when he was feuding with Honky Tonk Man going into WrestleMania yeah. 3. Yep. With uh, Alice Morrison, right? Yeah, Al- Alice Cooper. Alice uh, Cooper, Alice yep. Cooper yep, yep. And uh, he, um, yeah, so he was just a guy that, like, he was too good to be the world champion looking back now mm-hmm. because he was just so damn popular. He didn't need the belt. Um, but as a kid, I never really associated Jake Roberts with the world title. Yeah. I mean, do you think... All right, let's, let, 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 let's you know... Let, let, I hate to do this because I hate the fantasy book. And this is a, an ongoing theme on this show. I will not fantasy book, but... Could you have pictured Jake Roberts in the world title picture as a kid growing up? Could you have seen him face a Hogan or... All right, here, all right, here. I'll give you one. I'll give you one before you even answer. Uh-huh. I'll give you one. 1991, 92, they paired him up with Undertaker. He did that thing with Macho Man. If Roberts stayed around after that WrestleMania in 92 and Savage won the belt from Flair, I could have seen Oh, him. that would have been great. I could have seen him and Savage going at it for the title. Not saying Jake would have won the title, no. but I could have seen Savage and Jake for the title post-WrestleMania 8. But... You, you, give me, give me your, uh, your take on on Jake Roberts not being the world champion. Prior to what we just, like what you just said, mm-hmm. um, I could see him feuding. I cannot see him back then as a champion. Yeah. Even though we got you know Sergeant Slaughter, but you know that was a different time. That was you know the, it was during the war. So yeah. okay, yeah, they could exploit that. But having Jake be the champion, I could see him feuding. And, you know, he did feud, feud with uh, some of the greats, but I can't see him as the champion. But now going along as time progressed and everything changed and he would have stood, maybe he didn't go to uh, WCW where yep. he feuded with uh, Sting. Sting. Maybe he would have had a better chance and maybe, you know, he could have. And I, I believe if you put, like, that type of guy now, mm-hmm. you put that title on, that you you would have that baby face chasing and chasing and chasing yep. that guy. Yeah. But that's the time now. Before it was the baby face ran the world. Now it's the heel that needs to be chased. It's yeah. a different time. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, in, in today's WWE, you know, with the exception of Brock, because Brock was, you know, 
the champion for quite some time. But I mean, yeah, but Brock really isn't a um, babyface nor a heel. He's just he's Brock. Brock. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's Brock. You 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 can cheer him one day and boom, the next it doesn't yeah. matter. He's still gonna be Brock. But mm-hmm. um, WWF WWE was always a a good guy champion led promotion. Yeah, and so. Um, and it still is to this day. I mean, Roman Reigns, Universal Champion. Uh, you know, John Cena had the belt a number of times. So I mean, I, I could, I could see Jake, like you said, chasing the title or at least trying to go after the champion. But I feel like Jake's character was very similar to the Bray Wyatt character in the sense that championships and titles didn't mean anything to him. It was the punishment that he dished out to his opponents yes that meant more wins and losses didn't mean anything to him when people say that oh they're 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 burying bray wyatt i could understand and sympathize with that theory but bray wyatt's character does not care about winning the belt bray wyatt's character back in the day didn't care about winning. his character still yeah doesn't care about winning the belt but the thing is back in the day you know, you had your Hogan, Warrior, and Macho, mm-hmm. who we're talking about, and you had your uh, your big heel as Jake. Yep. Obviously, he didn't need that title because he was still um, that main heel. You know, he always had his place. Yeah. Somebody like Bray, you know, he could have his good month, and then you don't see him for a while. You don't hear from him for a while. Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays, yeah, you have somebody that would just win a title for a week or a month, and then... You don't see him in again. Yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, you just don't see him in the in the main event picture again. Yep. Back then, it wasn't like that. So that's why we're, well, that's why this whole list we're talking about, there's people that nowadays, anybody gets a title for yeah. a short period just for a tryout. Yeah. And it's not fair. The thing is, that's why we're talking about this. It's not fair for somebody like, uh, we'll go back to um, Arn, Tully, Rude, Owen, Bulldog, Jake. All these great people should have had a chance. But it wasn't the right time, and yeah. that's why we're talking about this. Yeah, but yeah, the, the timing—that's a good point. You know, that's the, it's all about the timing. Yeah, the timing and the time period in wrestling, and and obviously today's wrestling is much different than you know the the the, the glory days of pro wrestling yes. that you and I had grown up on. Uh, you know, we we talked we talked about him, um, in in and it seems like every every guy that we've talked about, the next person on the list is associated with them at some point. But the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. I mean, uh, some may argue that he was recognized as the World Wrestling Federation champion. Gimmick the title. But kinda. he gave it to Andre the Giant yeah. after that Saturday night's main event when they had the twin <laughs> referees. And DiBiase went on to, you know, well, if I can't buy the World Wrestling Federation title, I'm just going to make my own belt, and I'm the million-dollar champion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I still... Of, of, I am still of the believer that a million dollar man Ted DiBiase run as the World Wrestling Federation champion in 1988 could have led to countless countless possibilities creatively with rivalries with Hogan with rivalries with Randy Savage hell rivalries with the Ultimate Warrior I mean imagine the million dollar man Ted DiBiase with all his millions of dollars paying millions of dollars to have someone 
or more than one person help him keep the World Wrestling Federation Championship and names like a Hogan and a Savage and a Warrior. Are we talking about Vince McMahon in the, in the uh, late 90s? We're talking about a Million Dollar Man. <laughs> about- I mean, that's the same thing. I mean, yeah. that's, that was, you know, why did you think that gimmick came... It was, well, it was, yeah. it, the, it was the real million dollar man was Vince at the exactly. end of the day. But, um, yeah, DiBiase, I thought, was... Great heel. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But I, as a kid, I always wondered, well, he tried, he tried to buy the belt, and it didn't work. He paid Andre to win him the belt, and it didn't work. So... Why isn't he still trying to get to get more opportunities at the title? Like he stopped when he got the million dollar belt. But even as a kid, I thought cowardly heel. Couldn't he knew he couldn't do it himself? But as a kid, Maybe. I even thought too. Like, why are they putting him in the title tournament at WrestleMania? He paid the referee to screw Hogan. Yeah, he gave the belt. Andre gave him the belt. Why are you rewarding him by putting him in the tournament? Same thing mm-hmm. with Andre. Andre. Gave DiBiase the belt. Why are you rewarding him by putting him in the tournament? Why do we have to have a tournament? Granted, I loved both Hogan and Macho, so it didn't really matter to me at the end of the day as long as yeah. one of them won as a kid. But I was just kind of, uh, I was just kind of fascinated by it. But uh, give me your take on Ted DiBiase and not being the world heavyweight champion. Well, yeah, like like I said, I mean, especially for him back then, that time period. I mean, he was the WWF heel. There was, you know, just everything about him. Why why wouldn't he be the person to win that title and mm-hmm. have, uh, be it Hogan, Randy, or Warrior chasing him and trying to get that title back and them making all kinds of money off of that. Yeah. And again, it's just to keep the same thing I keep bringing up. It was just the time period. Different time Heels man. did not win. Yeah. You know, like I said, I, as I could think about it, you know, it's just, you know, you had Hogan mania after mania after mania always winning. And then it was either him fighting Warrior, Babyface, Babyface. Yep. And against Macho. What, was that, was Macho bad? When, or was that? Macho was bad. Yeah, but Macho yeah. was Macho. Yeah, ma- yeah, macho. That was your macho first. Didn't change. That just... was your first kind of like big uh, babyface turning heel. Would you say, kind of? But macho? Yeah. Uh, well, the 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 way it was done. Mega powers, you yeah. know, collapsing and all that. So you had something. You always had something there that would sell. I I Vince obviously didn't believe in heels as somebody that could um hold his company back then. Obviously, we didn't have Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, and monthly pay-per-views with a, a, a network that we could uh, sell stuff on where you could take a chance on a Jinder Mahal or a Bray Wyatt or whoever else. I mean, in some regards, you can, I guess you can, you can uh, compare wrestling to a comic book. I mean, you're a comic book guy, mm-hmm. and, you know, the Batman, for instance, you know, he... He fights crime, and he has all different bad guys, and you know they come guys like the Joker and the Penguin, and all those different bad well, guys. They they come and go, but at the end of the day, that comic book and that story is centered still about around, Batman. Centered around Batman and the story of Batman. So 
you know, the, the, the bad guy may win for a day or two, but at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the fight or the war or whatever, Batman's going to come out on top. That's a so, really good analogy. If, if, you know, so yeah. if you think about it here for a minute, like wrestling in some ways in that in that time period was a big giant comic book. Mm-hmm. The story was about Hulk Hogan. Hogan or the Ultimate Warrior mm-hmm. or the Macho Man in the WWF at that time, I should say. Yep. Um, and then you had the polar opposite in, you know, the NWA and Jim Crockett promotions and WCW where, you know, guys like Ric Flair, who was the bad guy, you know, the good guys like Dusty and Sting and Nikita Koloff and Magnum TA and those names, those were the guys that were chasing Flair for the title and Flair was the quintessential bad guy. Yeah. So, but it uh, was also who Flair drew. And you gotta remember, you ask all, you, if, if we're asking these same questions that we've talked about all night yep. to these actual guys, they're gonna say, Well, I drew. Yep. Flair drew. Oh, yeah. Hogan drew. No, absolutely. So that's, you know, that's what mattered to them. You know, yep. we, could, we could talk all night about why we think that these guys should have had a, a run. A run with but, the title. It all matters about who drew, and everything is different now. About it's oh kinda, yeah, it's, yeah, it's very hard. The to, business is the yeah. business is molded in, in, in different ways. This is interesting, and it would be the same thing. So let's say uh, um, Randy uh, Macho was the the champ, yep. and he, you know, not at the pay per view, but you know them doing a going around city to city, and he's uh, feuding with uh, Ted DiBiase. Mm-hmm. And he went from city to city, and this drew a certain amount of people to come. And now he was uh, going against uh, Jake the Snake, and yep. he drew more. So which one, now once it comes to that pay-per-view time, who are you going to pick? So if he drew more with Jake, he's you know Vince is going to pick Jake. If he drew more with DiBiase, he's going to pick DiBiase. Yeah. But then again, he's not, Vince isn't looking at, the heel as okay i need him to win he's just looking about who can i put against my top baby face to get a big draw yeah oh absolutely i mean that's the goal you know with every with every storyline do mm-hmm. you think that um dibiase is in that category of like he was he was so good he didn't need the belt and you think that's why they gave him the million dollar title i totally agree with that just because of his gimmick he didn't yeah. just his gimmick. He didn't need that title. Yeah, and and to have that million dollar title, that was just it was like it put him on icing another, on a cake. It put like a him at like another yeah. level with those guys. And then okay. it gave it gave another thing too, like for him, that the uh, little feud between him and Virgil. Yep, that was a, that was you know and that was a cool I, feud, I, as yeah. a kid I I, I was uh, I remember going to uh, um, New ha- New Haven Coliseum yep. and watching uh, Virgil. Um, fight for that title and really? I was like yeah that's cool yeah that summer slam was pretty cool when he won yep. you know i wasn't the biggest virgil fan but no, you know, i mean yeah. i didn't like dibiase as a kid mm-hmm. so i wanted to see virgil come back and get his you know his revenge on dibiase for the way dibiase not to bring him up new stuff but that's no. why they should have been able to um make something out of uh his son when he brought back that title um he all right I'll get into this briefly because I kind of talked about this a while ago. Uh, but DiBiase Jr., what here? Here's what I think he needed. I good looking kid, good, looking, good body. Yeah, good body. Could wrestle. Okay, he was a damn good wrestler. Mm-hmm. 
his ability on the microphone was eh. it was okay but it wasn't he it wasn't terrible he wasn't fucking you know Vladimir Kozlov trying to cut a promo, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, or Nikolai Volkov, God rest his soul. But, uh, you know, he was he was solid behind the microphone, but I think what hurt him... Was being his son. Was being his son at times. Because they tried to put that whole million-dollar man moniker on him, you know, that, you know, DiBiase... You know, they they brought the million dollar man into that storyline uh, with his yeah, kid. Yeah, but that was and, the same. And who was he feuding with? Wasn't he feuding with um, Orton, Cody, Orton and Cody at one point? Yeah. yeah. But then he brought him in, gave him the belt, okay, and said, you know, this is you 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 get this and your inheritance when you turn this age or whatever. Yeah, I remember that. That right? stupid thing. Mm-hmm. And then. They they paired him up with Maurice. Okay, she's a good looking she's a good looking woman. All right, that was it supposed to be his Sherry or yeah, his yeah. Sherry. But then they gave him Virgil. Yeah, that was should have that was cool. Never happened. But no, I thought that was pretty cool. I I liked it, but it just didn't last. But no, the problem was is that they tried to do everything too much. Like what I happened get you. with his father? I get you. You know what yep. I mean? And they that was their way of pushing. That they was pushed their way, it too much. Yeah, I get like you. they didn't let him find an identity himself. I felt like when DiBiase Jr. was at his hottest was when he was. When they were just starting to, like, the seeds of dissension were, were, were being planted within Legacy. Yes. And he was, like, opposing Orton. And he was, you know, bucking Orton's authority in that in that group. And they were, they, remember, when it, when it was Legacy, if it was just Cody and, um, and DiBiase, it, they, that was a good that was team. That was a lot of stuff enjoyed, they could have done out of that. I, no, I definitely enjoyed them as a pairing. And I, Feuding I would, with them. They feud with DX. And, DX. And and when they broke time, them up and, and, and they, you know, they started up. doing all that stuff. And it was, I mean, they didn't do anything right with Cody either. But look at Cody now. Yeah. Where's DiBiase? Yeah, exactly. Not to get too off topic. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, DiBiase Sr., you know, I, I, like we said, on another level, especially with that million-dollar title. Mm-hmm. He, here's an interesting name that kind of goes along the same lines of Rick Rude, and that's Mr. Perfect. Because mm-hmm. some may argue that Mr. Perfect was the world champion in the AWA, which he was. He defeated Nick Bockwinkel in, uh, I believe it was 88 or 89. I that was say, before his prime. Or, yeah. Yeah. No, that was yeah. No, that was when he was a young Kurt Henning, yeah. um, and that was before the Mister Perfect uh, moniker in the in the WWF. A lot of people could say too it was that because of his father back then, before what, he, he even, won the belt in the AWA? yeah before he even became who he is that we know now. So, you're, so what you're saying the reason why he won the belt in the AWA was because of that possibility? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, his father was associated with that organization yeah. for such a long period of time, and I that's mean, not it, taking anything away from him. He's he's great, and but we. Back, you know, we know him now as Mr. Perfect. Yeah. But that was when he was Kurt Henning. Here's the thing that hurt him. For, to be the WWF champion and calling yourself Mr. Perfect, like, he should have been the champion. If he was such a perfect wrestler, he yeah. should have been the champ, you know? I thought he's a, he was, like like I said, as a kid, I was like, well, he's Mr. Perfect. Why is he not the champ? You know, he can wrestle perfect. He can do this perfect. He can do that perfect. Why isn't he the champion? True. As a young kid, that's what I thought when I was watching it. Is that why isn't he won the belt if I he's for, so perfect? I forget what wrestler I remember having an interview, but they called him the best worker ever in the business. Yeah, I don't. Well, I was, remember who who it was that said it. But, and it, it's a great argument. I'm not arguing against it. No, he's definitely one of the best. Um, 
and very underrated someone who you know he gets he gets regarded for his for for his contributions to the industry but a guy that I could have gotten behind Mr. Perfect as the World Wrestling Federation oh, yeah. champion, you know, in like a rivalry with like a Randy Savage or even a Roddy Piper, giving Roddy Piper a run at the belt. Or, you or know? even, you know, they, they they did stuff with him and Hogan, but yeah. I, I felt like, and and I didn't feel like this this way as a kid, but looking back and watching older footage now, yep. Hogan kind of bounces him around like he like perfect was too good at selling to the point where like hogan give him a punch and he bounces him around like he's you know like he's a little tennis ball off yeah. a brick wall you know yep. and kinda it like just, went on it kind of it kind of made hogan look like a bully yeah. in some in some respects you know and i've heard rumors that he was supposed to have a run with the belt and because he sold too well for hogan on their matches on the house show loops uh that they decided against it, but I've also heard other stories that the plan was always for Hogan and Warrior at WrestleMania six all along. But yeah, that's hard to believe that they wanted and went with that. But then um, you you got to remember too that uh, they kind of tried to sidetrack him here, just put you as a commentator, and yep. you're, you're too hurt. Yeah. And then again, he went on for a long career in WCW. Yep. But what if he would have stood? That imagine his the WWF. Went, yes, and imagine him still being. That Mr. Perfect, and that now he's in the time where, you know, Hogan's gone, Randy's gone. Now so you he's he with. You think he could have had? He's a feuding shot. with Sean. He's feuding with Brett. Imagine those matches. Imagine him being, um, you know, he he could still be Mr. Perfect. He would have to turn it up at edge. He might have been a little bit more edgy, which yep. he could have done. Still could have been the same guy, might just a little more edgy, just like what Brett. Brett yep. got edgy. Sean got edgier. Imagine those feuds where he could have been. And I mean, I'm not talking. I'm talking pre-attitude, right? I'm talking, so talking pre-screw like um, so job. Like, so you're talking like 96, 95, 96? That if they gave him a chance then that Do he... Do you think he could have been the champ? Yes. As a good guy or as a bad guy? Either. Really? Because I didn't like Mr. Perfect as a good guy. I'll be honest with you, I didn't. He was too much of a dick. No, yeah, he was the better bad guy. He was but, too much yeah. of a dick for me to believe yeah. that he was. And that's how I felt about Luger when they turned Luger into Yankee Doodle Dandy on steroids. <laughs> yeah. When, you know, because I always knew him as the total package Lex Luger from WCW. Yeah. as a cocky prick, you know what I mean? Yep. Um, but I never really got behind Mr. Perfect as a good guy because I, it just, Mr. Perfect, just the name Mr. Perfect just exudes bad guy to me you know what i mean um as we wind down this list here um an individual who uh had strong association with mr perfect in the awa who never became the world champion throughout of his career one, one individual who i thought that as a kid he was he was so good he didn't need the belt but i always wondered why he never got an opportunity at least during his time in the world wrestling federation i'm talking about razor ramon scott hall he spent so much time as the intercontinental champion that it was you know it, i almost got bored watching him wrestle for the intercontinental title at times because it was too much i was like when's yeah. he gonna wrestle like we saw him and sean in those two great ladder matches for the intercontinental title i remember when sean first won the belt 
This was before Scott Hall, Razor Ramon was leaving to go to WCW. I wanted to see Razor Ramon, Shawn Michaels ladder match for the WWF Championship. I thought that be just based on their history alone in those ladder matches, the third ladder match, the third and final ladder match, the rubber match, if you will, between those two for the WWF Championship after Shawn just won. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been huge. They were too busy trying to push him and uh, Diesel. Yeah. That's that. That's just the answer for that. But I, 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 I totally agree. But I believe that he had more of a chance to be a champion when he went to WCW. And I, the only only thing that I could think of why he did not is because of his, again, his issues, his issues, his personal issues. You know, he obviously was he, he was a founding member of MWO, so yep. he was always there. But you know what. Did he did he hold any other title besides a tag team title in WCW? Uh, yes, he was the United, United States, States champion. He was also briefly the television champion. Okay, but like that was like towards the yeah. end when like Vince Russo was booking. Oh and it yeah, was just kind of like. Yeah. yeah, in fact, he threw the TV belt in the trash, and then that's when uh Duggan picked it up. Duggan picked okay. it up. Duggan was the janitor yep. at the time. Yeah, yep. but yeah. Uh, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon, to me, just, I, I was always curious, like, why didn't he ever wrestle for the WWF title? Or, you know, obviously he had a couple yeah, cracks at the yeah, WCW title, but yeah. the WWF title, I was like, why didn't he wrestle for the WWF title? Like, he he would have been good, you know? Heel or face. And even, and that's, and what fascinates me about that situation, like, he had one, that one match against Brett, 93 Royal Rumble. The program is here in our studio. I will take a picture of it and post it on the, uh, on the, on the kicking out of two social media on Facebook and Twitter. But, uh, he, yeah, he had that one great match with Brett at the Rumble, which is one of my favorite matches. But I felt like in 94 and even in 95, when they were like thin on talent and you had a lot of different like weird gimmicks with you know Duke the Dumpster Drossy, Mantar, <laughs> Adam Bomb and all these weird, you know, off the wall gimmicks. You know, Razor Ramon was so good that I don't understand why they didn't insert him into the title picture. Because the, the title picture wasn't that heavy. I mean, no, the roster wasn't. wasn't really that heavy to begin with. Do you think maybe they he was so good that they needed him in that role as like you know in a continental championship? That. Yeah, that, that make that does make sense because you had yeah you had Brett. Yep. You had Sean Diesel and, and then Diesel Undertaker. And then, I guess you could say. Oh well, yeah, Undertaker was always up up. You know, Undertaker is always gonna be Undertaker. Yeah. But um, who who were you gonna have at that intercontinental level? Yeah, so you had to have somebody. Razor, Gold Dust, hell, even Sid. All right, Sid, Sid was Sid kind of bounced. Sid could be slotted anywhere. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I was just kind of disappointed that. No, I believe he should have. He should have been at least at least once. And yeah. then I felt like, you know, in WCW, he was obviously. Heavily associated with Kevin Nash as the Outsiders, part yeah. of the NWO. Um, well, when the NWO first started, you know that that title belonged to Hogan. Yeah, you couldn't get it off of him yeah. until it was Sting and basically Goldberg. But he had that one shot at the title when he won the World War Three Battle Royal. Yeah, and then yep. he wrestled, I believe it was Sting at like the uncensored pay per view, and nothing really came of that. It was just, I guess, like a 
another guy for Sting to beat and 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 and, and keep the title. But it was almost like too little, too late for me. You know? Yeah. I mean, just me personally, I wasn't really the biggest fan. As we uh, we rounded out with the last guy on our list, who uh, some can argue the greatest bad guy of all time in wrestling. Some could argue the greatest wrestler to never wear the World Heavyweight Championship in the history of professional wrestling. Uh, a guy who holds many titles of being an icon, a legend, a Hall of Famer. Hot Rod Rowdy Roddy Piper. Talk to me a little bit about why you think... I mean, I said it in the argument on Facebook. Piper didn't need it too good. Well, out of why every, didn't Piper get the belt? Out of everybody you've talked about, everybody we talked about tonight, that's the answer. He didn't need it. Too good. He was just too good. Yeah. You know, he was just, he was a star inside and outside of wrestling. Yeah. You know, he was part of the, um, what's that, the rockin', what do they call the it? The rockin' wrestling era. The rockin' wrestling area, era, you know, and then even um to continue on after to WCW, you yeah. know, and everything that, you know, he, he, he just didn't need it. He didn't even need a win. You yeah. know, just him being in any match with anybody made it a... Spectacle. Yeah. yeah. Do you th- do you think? I mean, he, we we say he didn't need it because he was too good, but oh when, no, when, it's, when, I, I still would love to. Okay. love to have seen him would, be yeah. a champ. That's that's the question. Would, would it have spoiled with him being the champion? Would it have spoiled your your no? Your it thoughts on Piper. And like, I, and I want to try to think about when it was the, the the best time for him to have won a title. You know, again, you know, I'm, I'm, I go back to always to Brett's era. You yep. know, having him at what was that? Uh, Summers? No, WrestleMania when he uh, dropped the title to him. The WrestleMania eight. Eight. Yep. So just that match. That was always one of my favorite matches. Oh but, yeah, um, me too. Now just imagine again uh, WrestleMania ten when he was commissioner and he um. He special referee in the special main event. Re- no, no, no. Um, I'm thinking about 12. 12 when he, oh, him uh, and Gold Dust. Him and Gold Dust. So around that same time, you know, he could have been a commissioner or anything. He was the see- president, acting president of the yes. World Wrestling Federation. Even to to see him back then, even to Brett or Sean, that would have been a great match. You think Piper against one of those two in '96? Yep. Really? See, got to remember he went to he was having these um. Main events when he in in his later years when he went to WCW, where he yeah, could barely just, move. Yeah, but that was just based on his name value alone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Nobody was there to pay to see money. To see but he him. still looked he looked decent when he was in um before he uh, yeah. left. I would say like yeah probably yeah oh in ninety six yeah yeah but of course eighties um, is when he was the guy yep. and where he was you know he looked the best and everything but you know he had. Hogan headlining, but you had him going Brian against the uh, from him, yeah. you know Bad News Brown, right? The, when he, uh, the Wrestle, you talking about WrestleMania six? Yeah, yeah. Bad you News Brown. Yep. He was able to be attraction by himself. Oh Piper, yeah Piper, Piper in some ways transcended Mr. The title. T. Mr. T. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, let, let me ask you this: a what if scenario here? Okay, the argument has been made. 
and I'm sure this argument will be brought up once again on this show on a future edition uh, as we get closer to WrestleMania season. But an argument has been made that you know, who really drew WrestleMania one, the first one? Was it Hulk Hogan or was it Roddy Piper? You know, Hulk Hogan will tell you obviously it was him. Roddy Piper will obviously tell you it was him. Roddy Piper's famous famous line was they paid to see did they pay to see Hulk Hogan or did they pay to see Roddy Piper? Mm-hmm. They paid he, and then Piper would go on to say, No, they paid for Hulk Hogan to beat the shit out of Roddy Piper. So therefore they really paid to see me in a nutshell. And that's another argument for another day. But if there was no Mr. T, there was no Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, and it was Hogan and Piper headlining the first WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Does Hogan go in to that WrestleMania with the title? Or do you give the title to Piper? Piper beats him some other time before that, and Hogan's chasing him for the belt. Because we talked about this earlier. Jim Crockett Promotions, NWA, they were a very um, bad guy, champion-led territory, and the good guys were chasing them. The WWF was all about the good guys being the champion Mm -hmm. and the bad guys trying to take the title from them. What scenario works for you? Piper is champion going into WrestleMania or Piper challenging for that title going to that WrestleMania against Hogan? Piper having the title. Yeah? Yep. Okay. Now does now is he still so in your in in your in your mind, would he still be associated with Orndorf and Bob Orton? Would that be like his little entourage to help him keep the title or to to try to take out Hogan? Yeah, that would be his uh Goon Squad. Yeah. So yeah, it's not the it's not the tag match that we we all know and love. Yeah. But they're the outside interference. Yep. Okay. All right. I mean, I and can... then we have the same uh, other side. We have uh, and Hogan's Mr. Side. T and Snuka. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we still have uh, the outside. Uh, um, Ali. Muhammad Ali. Yeah, if you dressed up Hogan and Piper for the title with Muhammad Ali as the referee and the other, I it mean, still sells. It still sells, but even I think, same thing with just having you know Mr. T being a big name back then because uh, Rocky and all this stuff. The know, 18, it yeah. still would have been a big draw. Yeah, and it would have been I, to be honest, I, I just us talking about that, I get goosebumps. I want to see that match now because I see that as a better match than what we had. What H- Hogan and Piper yeah. for the belt. I mean, it with, happened. No, with Piper having that title. With Piper as the champion. And now we're wrestling. It's not, we're not. It's WrestleMania. Not WrestleMania 1, as we know. It's WrestleMania. Yeah. Piper. Can Hogan win the title? With Hogan. With Mr. T. And da, 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 in his corner. With. Snuka, yeah. Yeah. You know? Orton and Orndorff mm-hmm. in Piper's corner. Ali Special Enforcer. Muhammad but if, Ali, but, but, but you know, kind of going sells itself. Uh, it does sell itself, but at the same time, on the other side of it, you know, you had the tag match with all those guys that were involved. Mm-hmm. If you just kept all those guys on the outside, they're bound to get involved in some point. Yeah. Why not just make it a tag match? If you, you got, think about it, well, I and I get what you're saying, but we got two guys that can work a match. And, I, and the only person that really couldn't work in there was Mr. T. Mr. T. Yeah. So really the only person you're taking out, and I get what you're saying because um, nothing against uh, Orndolf, Orndorf no. but Mr. T really didn't need to be in that match. In yeah. the match. He needed to be there, but not in the match. Yeah. 
So like in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. Snuka, t- taking the role in the in the tag with Hogan. Is no, not even, no. I'd rather I'd rather have just you know and the single. I I don't get why um he was there in the first place. Because he who T? No. Snuka. Snuka. Because Snuka kind of had history with Piper. That was the whole, you know, right before oh, yeah, the coconut. The that was after the coconut and yeah, the Piper's coconut. pit. Yeah. And he was doing stuff with Bob Orton and Paul Orndorff. And Snuka was always kind of associated with Hogan at that time on TV. But, yeah, yeah I mean, Piper is one guy on this list that, other than my, other than, like I said, Arn Anderson at the, at the top of this show, I feel like um, it would have been pretty cool to see Roddy Piper as the as the WWF champion. But at the same time, he was so good, he didn't need the belt. Like, here's a perfect example of that, okay? When he won the Intercontinental title from the Mountie at that Royal Rumble in 92. Yeah. It, it looked weird to me. It did. It looked weird to me because he's another guy like Jake was. Jake never wrestled for the belt. And I didn't associate Jake with being a champion. See, Jake never had a title a title in, in the wwf yeah jake would jake would be the um but the reason for um piper winning that intercontinental title was to have that tremendous match yeah with brett to, to, to set him to up elevate brett. brett yeah that, that was obviously done for for the benefit of brett yeah. but um and that was all piper you know piper loved brett oh yeah no absolutely cousins yeah. or you know whatever they want whatever to they are them. yeah family whatever kind of family they were mm-hmm. i think they were related in some point but yeah i think it would have been pretty pretty cool to see roddy piper as the world wrestling federation champion as we end this uh always a bridesmaid never a bride episode of kicking out at two this week dude this was a lot of fun I enjoyed it. I had fun. I'll be back. Oh, you certainly will. I got plenty of stuff that I got to get you on and and, and get your opinion on. So uh, we will will definitely meet one day in the very near future regarding uh, some more uh, trips down memory lane when it comes to the history of professional wrestling. And before we get going, as he alluded to just a moment ago... Um, He's going to be back, and it's going to be as early as next week right here on SoundCloud.com as we get into the holiday spirit and bring you a special holiday edition of Kicking Out at Two, where we tell you what was under our Christmas tree as wrestling fans. Jamie and I are going to sit down, and we're going to discuss some of our favorite moments on Christmas morning, hoping and anticipating that Santa Claus was going to come through with some of our favorite wrestling toys and memorabilia. We're also going to discuss the evolution of our interests as wrestling fans from wanting toys to eventually getting older and wanting, you know, t-shirts, the video games, DVDs, whatever the case may be, we're going to talk all things wrestling memorabilia on Christmas at Kicking Out at 2 next week over at SoundCloud.com. And the holiday fun's going to continue because Jamie's going to join us once again on December the 19th in two weeks over at SoundCloud.com. And he's going to be sitting down with me as we construct our very own Kicking Out at 2 naughty list. Uh... I did this a little bit on the... We actually did an episode on the Ken Reedy Show. During my time on the Ken Reedy Show, we did a very special Naughty List episode last year. And I thought, why not bring that Naughty List fun to kicking out it to? Where we discuss some of the more evil characters in wrestling history and the acts that they perpetrated on their opponents and why they would have made Santa Claus's Naughty List in professional wrestling history. So stay tuned for that in two weeks, December the 19th, our official kick 
and out it to Naughty List. And we close out 2018 here on Kicking Out It 2 the way we started 2018 here on Kicking Out It 2 with a good old-fashioned watch-along of WCW Starcade 1998. It will have been 20 years that week on December the 26th when that episode drops where Kevin Nash defeated Goldberg and ended Goldberg's undefeated streak and really set the table for the roller coaster year that WCW was going to have heading into 1999. So have your WWE Network fired up and ready to go to watch with me WCW Starcade 1998. Hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash kicking out of two. You can find archived links of our show. You can find pictures and videos and memes and all kinds of interactive discussion over there. Hit that like button if you have not already. If you have, tell a friend who loves retro throwback pro wrestling to hit the like button and be a part of all the fun that we have over on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash kicking out of two same goes for twitter our handle is at kicking out two k-i-c-k-n-o-u-t and the number two be sure to give us a follow over there if you want to be a part of all the interactive retro throwback pro wrestling discussions on twitter all right i think it's about that time we wrap things up this week no more false finishes no more screw jobs no more run-ins this show is going down for the three count and we will see you all next week